0: fine hey hey we should do an intro no we shouldn't how will they know we're the theater boys they'll just know okay and we're back again everyone just like a bad cold nah like a like a sweet sweet summer
1: like a bad sequel we're back like a bad sequel that's that's it sweet summer beer we're back i never stopped drinking sweet summer beers yeah but like
0: when the summer comes around, it's like ah, that that first taste. Of okay. A,
1: okay. Of a what is that? This is this is a uh, a local brew. It's called um. Uh, Donde esta la biblioteca? <laughs> That's not. <laughs> it is a it is a Mexican be a lager.
0: Now couldn't. <laughs> <laughs> it is delicious. Excellent. Thank you. Uh, but we are going to be reviewing one of the most celebrated sci-fi movies of 2021, and that is, but um,
1: Dune. Yeah, I can't. I can't throat sing, so we're gonna just have to leave it at that. Yeah, Dune. 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 Fan. Excellent. I. I know nothing about it. I've never read the books. I don't intend to read the books. I was entertained enough with
0: I... this. I... The only thing that I knew about it was I watched the old movie of it before it came out because I wanted to see, like, what the, the story was, and it was on HBO at the time. So I was like, oh, I'll give it a shot. Like, I'll see what this is. And I was thoroughly impressed with, like, the story from the 1980s uh, version of the movie. And I was like, man, I can't imagine what this is going to look like, especially when I found out the director was the same guy from Blade Runner um, 2049. And I was like, oh, my gosh,
1: those visuals in this universe? Who
0: And they did not disappoint. I was
1: going to say, the the, the first thing this movie gets is it just, it looks good. Like, it just, it absolutely looks what you want from a modern-day sci-fi movie. It obviously has a ton to build on from the books and stuff, but it it was unique, right? Like, it's more... Mm i think we brought up like 40k references before it's more grim dark it's not like your fancy yeah. high high flying fun that i think star wars can sometimes be this is like yeah this isn't in your star trek universe star wars universe this is much more down to earth very grounded very it's it's an actual it's like well not an actual but it's like empire imperial politics as they were understood in like medieval or middle fe- europe or feudal japan just like you have your warlords or your kings and they all report back to a higher power that then they have to go do stuff and act on and politics pits them against each other and they have to fight. And it's just, it's great. And the, the characters are just incredibly unique. Incredibly great. And tie that
0: in with your mystical elements of the movie, which are just phemo- phenomenal how you're marrying these different cultures um, of worlds. Like the, uh, what's it, house harkonnen, harkonnen Chaos, and atreides. Uh, atreides are just so different and then you have the world of the the King's guard basically uh, who are just their own separate uh, military thing energy. going on which is like so awful and painful and you're just and, and then there's dune uh, with the fremen and it's all these different cultures and you get to see them interact they have all their own you feel that they all have their own backstory. You feel each character understands where they're coming from, their own personal histories within their culture, and they all just converge on this messy, beautiful world of Dune.
1: I mean, other I, I think I either remember hearing it somewhere, or um, to me it seems blatantly obvious, I think Arrakis is literally an homage to the Middle East. Um, it's named Arrakis iraq yeah. uh and just like in the real life of empires i mean the middle east is known as what the graveyard of empires or whatever and like this is largely what this planet is you kind of go here you mine is it just called spice yes yeah, it's just called spice yeah I, I like i love when uh when sci-fi, when sci-fi movies make, make their macguffin like, like they just they're just, like it's just, it's just like it's just spice or uh what was avatars was unobtainium because like, just like we're just we're just gonna keep the footnote name and we're just we're just gonna keep that yes um yeah, th- this is what uh, Han was running. Spice, spice, uh, but and it's it's just you know they go and they kind of know that they're being set up the whole time when they get in there, um, and and it plays out. And I think they do a really good job of. I'd almost say, not just blending the cultures between like the the high class scientific types and the the locals, but even just like sci-fi and fantasy. Mm. Like I feel like there's there's the sci-fi elements and the space travel and the, these big amazing ships in these cities and the weaponry, and then there's also like this fantasy element where like the main character is referred to as like this messiah this chosen one from this group of like spiritual leaders yeah um very uh like you know what would be like a i don't know like i could see the same story taking place in a medieval setting as well as this and there wouldn't be much different replace the spaceships with dragons and you're good to go or boats? What the heck? Or dragons? <laughs> I don't know, flying things that shoot fire down. Okay, them, just, okay, okay, fantasy, okay. Like magic.
0: Okay. Dragons? <laughs> how are they how are they transporting entire houses with
1: dragons, my dude? I mean, very carefully, they're very big dragons. But anyway, dragons. and like the I, what's the the main villain? Not the main villain, but the uh, the opposing. Yeah, leader. the main, uh, the Baron. Yeah, the Baron. He his character, just the fact that he's like. Paralyzed, but he can float, and they make him look like snakeish and sluggish. And yeah,
0: he's like a slug. But it, it, the most chilling fact to me—I don't know why—but there's that he's so large. Yeah, it's, it's just and everything yet your body he moves like, so strong,
1: just disturbs me. And it, it's just it just disturbs me. It's like motion sickness. Your your body's expecting one thing, and your eyes are seeing another. It's just like, like it's, it, and I think that has to just do with a lot of the visuals. Like I mean. <laughs> even the costume design for like the suits and stuff that like top notch yeah just so much detail goes into them they had to make so many of these things the, the whole thing they it was definitely like an absolute labor of love yeah the the best
0: thing that i loved about all of this was that they they made the ornithopters they couldn't fly but they made the practical size of the ornithopter which i thought for all that the, for how many scenes are shot with them and in them and around them like I totally understand why they did that but it it lends such a big element and, and throws it back to when sets were real and all the props that you
1: had were real like you're in these grand hall designs looks like the Blade Runner movies too like a lot of and I, I don't think practical effects have ever gone away I just think that now they are in fact more expensive than CGI to a certain extent Um, and I think that's one thing that like, if you want to do something right, you do the practical effect, but that can cost you more money in the long run than just CG'ing it up. Uh, and it's, it does, I don't know, this movie did a really good job, and you can obviously tell when some of the stuff was CG, but it just looks so, so fantastic.
0: Yeah. Like, it, it may look CG, but you don't care because of how good the CG looks. Like, everything, I thought the, the one of the best parts of the CG that stood out to me was when they decided to do the lasers. Uh, and they were trying to take down Jason Momoa's character in oh. the Ornithopter. And it's just, it looks like it's just a light, but the beam is just, like, cutting through everything. I'm just like, that! That is a laser!
1: Yeah, they were like, how do we, uh, how do we cut things apart in this universe? What does that look like? And they answered that question. Yeah. they're just, like, a thousand so it's
0: just so, so beautiful, and and every actor and actress in the movie, like, understood what they were going to bring. Understood their character, understood their motivations, and, mm. and brought everything so brought everything so much to us, so much to life. Like they just breathed into their characters and into these set pieces and was believing
1: could give you the every mind. step the minor characters that you don't get much time with they still feel like they're more developed than a lot of like main characters are in movies nowadays yeah. like the doctor for instance yeah like the the betrayal which like it kind of comes out of nowhere he's a character they vaguely introduced but you can tell he's intimately involved in the family and then they they give a fantastic reason for it and then they kill him off and it's really you kind of feel bad for him like yeah for the limited amount of screen time he had, yeah,
0: or um, even the the villain to or the like the henchman kind of to the baron, uh I can't remember his name uh, off the top of my head, but he's lanky, and he dies in that attack, oh um, yeah, Ugh. and you're just like, man, like they're they're not pulling any punches here with their phenomenal actor set they the actors know what they need to do and regardless of whether they live or die, like they give a phenomenal performance which is just, like, unmatched. Yeah, I mean, the cast for
1: this movie was, like, pretty well-developed. They, they, I think they intended to go out and make this decade's Lord of the Rings,
0: and I think they're going to do it. I hope they do it. When the second one comes out, it's going to be huge. Not only because, because this, Dune itself, it had the disadvantage of being released on HBO Max same day. That's right, but still made a huge amount of money. uh, In the box office with same day release, uh, which other things also had the same disadvantage of, uh, the the Suicide Squad from James Gunn. That was also. But this movie, like when its sequel comes out, I think it will thoroughly shatter
1: records. I think it's a very very anticipated movie too. Like people are actively wanting this. Because this this is wholly different from the superhero movies that we're just getting, yeah, endlessly at this point. Um. It's more
0: akin to, dare I say, The Northman, um, in its <sighs> its depth of story and depth of lore. I need to watch than that movie again. Anything else that we get from you know Disney uh, or uh,
1: Marvel and a lot of the DC stuff that's come out recently. So, I think a lot of the stuff is just it's they know they can make money and they are a business so they operate as such and yeah they're not taking chances this movie took a chance this movie took a huge chance right yeah. like sci-fi as in pure sci-fi uh is still a genre that turns people away they just won't go watch spaceships yeah uh they'll go watch star wars because everyone's going to go watch star wars but this movie that is a yeah. book on their parent's shelf is not yeah. necessarily top on their list of things to go read yeah this or uh,
0: watch I'll say this again, because this is what it reminds me. This movie reminds me so much of the Riddick universe. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. it's absurd, which I'm sure sort of Riddick was spawned from the, it's the books that uh, the author wrote for Dune. So the books for this, though are supposed to be like the granddaddy to all sci-fi. Yeah. But like Riddick has like the same... Uh, it, in one of the movies, same political intrigue. But in a lot of it, a lot of more mystical, uh, drug-esque things that are happening. And it just makes you... It's obviously horror genre or thriller genre but does it in a way that feels very similar to this because everything's very real and tense and drawn out and you're like what is going to happen this more in a political sense and in Riddick more in a physical sense of what's going to happen
1: I like this movie didn't explain itself for stuff like the order of um I forget what they're called. The the nuns the Bene essentially the Benedictine, yeah. They're essentially just like, yeah, we're we're a thing that exists, and this person's really powerful. Just deal with it. Mm. Like, they're just like, oh, this this is the planet that we're on. Just deal with it. This is this. Just deal with it. Yeah. Um, the costume design is still really good. I'm while we're, while we're talking, I'm just scrolling through a bunch of pictures yeah. of the 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 movie to kind of refresh our memory and like, yeah, they. I felt like they just kind of really paid attention to a lot of things. Also, bagpipes, major fan of the bagpipes. My one complaint, my, my key complaint is there was not enough bagpipes in the soundtrack for this movie. There was, there was two, two, maybe three brief scenes. Um, one, obviously when they were getting off the ship, the other time during the battle briefly. And I think there was one more they needed, they need to really up the, time of which bagpipes are playing in little did anyone know that we needed bagpipes in space yeah i didn't know i needed space bagpipes but i kind of want more space bagpipes yeah that was wild the ornith and- going going back to the ornithopter design i just i think that's the most unique ship that we've seen um in sci-fi in a very long time oh for sure i think some of the um no i think because the but avatar they still have like helicoptery things they were they were like the halo ships in avatar the only thing that i think might be not
0: maybe similar more uh, imaginative was krypton for man of steel that that sci-fi element to me felt very original sci-fi or, or helped me come back into sci-fi yeah, with, like,
1: the spindly kind of spacecraft Yeah, stuff. like, you,
0: you, you didn't get, like, Zack Snyder with his design for all of this, he didn't... Uh, he wanted to create a world entirely on its own, and I think that it really did that, and I think Dune
1: does that on a whole other level. Well, they they made something iconic, right? Like, if you see a dragonfly-shaped spaceship or helicopter thing, you're going to immediately think Dune. Like, that's yeah. just going to be there thing like the millennium falcon and the x-wing like right the star wars has a bunch of them right like a x-wing millennium falcon the tie fighter mm-hmm. death star um, then a star, star destroyer star destroyers like triangle ship star wars yeah like star wars obviously has a whole bunch because it's one of the main ones i think the, the enterprise star enterprise, trek right yeah. like those ships uh i'm not too familiar but i know some of the other uh races in star trek have very unique looking ships and like yeah. that's a hallmark i think of Sci-fi movies is yeah. just like you have a thing that is your thing, and people will know that it's your thing. And I think this one's is definitely the dragonfly ships. Mm-hmm. Um, also, their big carriers were like insane looking, like their interplanetary ones, which yeah. like massive disks and domes. Like yeah. that was just sick. Like it's just very, very unique. Also, the worm running—that's where I think you get like your fantasy aspect comes in—is the the Shailud, the giant the monsters that are
0: worshipped. Yeah, and everything. About the movie feels so gigantic. Yes. Like you step into this world, and it's not an overwhelming sense of giga- gigantic from like, uh, what it, what is an example I'm trying to think of? Like a uh, a sci-fi city is sometimes very overwhelming because there's a lot to take in. There's a lot of moving parts, like visually, and in a storyline setting, there's a lot of moving parts, and with Dune, that's huge and it's massive. But it's simple. It's it's a color palette that you can take in and you can recognize the patterns and repetition. And you're satisfied with just
1: seeing what you're seeing or just knowing what you're knowing. You don't need to know more. You don't need to go beyond. Even going through these pictures still, a lot of the scenes are just one color. One very oversaturated color. Whatever that color is, that color is absolutely dominating the entire scene. Uh, Obviously, a lot of times it's that... You know, dusty sand the color, color, um, or it's like that when they're on the Harkonnen planet. It's like that metallic kind of shape. but it's it's a lot of the same color. And what they do is, I think they build up textures. They build up these massive shots, so you take in all the color, and then you just see the shapes. So the shapes are just huge. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of feels like almost like the, the the 2014 Godzilla, where like the scale of Godzilla was just like wholly in your face, and yeah. like you were aware of it in every shot and they do that with with the worms with all the ships they're constantly showing you these things from a distance bringing you in close so you know how like, big it is where the the characters are on this massive thing and then you're aware of how big it is right if they if they just say like oh i'm, I'm next to the track on this thing you can kind of guess but like you can actually see how big these are yeah. you can see how vast the city they're they're defending is how big these landing ships are like when you see the the Harkonnen ship roll in, you know they they like loaded up the whole planet, and they're just like here now, and they're that they brought everyone. Yep. Um, and it's it's that I think that makes the film unique because it's like when you watch Star Wars, you I feel like there's a lot of like even in the big battle scenes, like it's kind of like dusty, foggy, which this happened here right with all the explosions and stuff in the city at night. But there there was never really a this is the vast army this is the vast army and all of its stuff like you're not seeing that build up you might see it for a second but the scale doesn't feel like it's there yeah there's also I don't think anything in the Star Wars universe that's as big as some of the stuff that's just like floating about in Dune yeah Uh, the worms are fantastic and they definitely leave you wanting like more of them in the upcoming movies oh for sure there's a lot of the politics and stuff too that need to be developed I mean, this did a fantastic job on the character side. Did a fantastic job on how it looked. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, I mean, movie won awards, right? So like, we're not just saying this like this is my favorite movie. No, this is genuinely a good movie. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think probably my
0: favorite sci-fi movie of all time, barring some nostalgia. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, nostalgia like,
1: aside, I think this is the best movie that's come yeah. out during my life. I, I
0: will be a strong stand of the '70s version of Battlestar Galactica, the show, because I really loved it. Uh, but aside from that, this is like top tier sci-fi, and I th- I think one of the the best ways you know that your movie did well is when it ended. People were mad because it ended too soon. Yeah. Like when 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 your story is just that good, your storytelling so good, you're acting so good, your motives are there and you end on this note of you're about to do so much more with this. This is just the tip of the iceberg.
1: Yeah, when this movie ended, I I genuinely in the theater did not realize that it had been almost what what is the runtime Th- of three this? 3 hours, isn't it? I think it's 245. Like t- I'll tell you and you talk, I'll tell you in yeah, a brief moment. Yeah, but of time. it's it doesn't
0: feel as long as it is. It just it goes, it tells a story, and it's, it's segmented into parts where you're like, oh, this is I digested this in much ways similar uh, to how... Two hours and 35 minutes. Two hours and 35 minutes. In much ways similar to how you would binge a show, this movie is segmented into digestible arcs, you could say. There's the overall story arc, but then there's the smaller, almost like three arcs in between it that you're like here's this here's this here's that and then here's this here's this here's that here's, there, this, here's this here's that
1: that is one complaint i do have about it and i feel like it in it in and of itself could have been broken into another movie covered all the same topics and given us a little bit more because i felt like they got to the planet they established life on the planet and then the harkonnens invaded now that may just also be the harkonnens wasted no time But I felt like there should have been a little more time there duning it up. Well, me
0: already kind of being a little bit biased coming from the other movie. Everything was shorter coming from the other movie. Because they covered what the second movie is going to go into as well. So for me coming from already watching the first rendition of this. I was like, oh, this was able to explain so much more than the other previous film did. Uh, and to me, it explained it in a, in, a, in a way where I feel satisfied. I don't necessarily need to know more. Like, I don't feel wanting for more. Whereas the, the previous movie felt like I needed a lot more understanding of what's going on. But that's my perspective because I've seen both. And I would say definitely don't see the older version because, you know, it's not worth it. I would say if you want to go see what they were doing special effects wise during the 80s, definitely go watch it. But like it's not a it's not a special movie. Whereas I think this is a special movie. Actor, story, visuals, uh, yeah. soundtrack. Oh my gosh! Yes, yeah, yeah, all of it. this
1: thing is has got a fantastic soundtrack. Yeah. sans the requiring more backpipes. Yeah.
0: But uh, I don't know if I have too much more to add from this from my perspective. No, I
1: mean just that we're very much so looking forward to the next one. Yeah, I'll highly recommend this movie, and just we'll talk to you next time. All right, guys. Have a good one.